This is the Squared Call Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me again, Mr. Jared Maruyama. Welcome, Jared. Thank you. You didn't have a special intro for this special episode? You just went with the normal, uh, everyday uh, intro? Well, you don't You don't know how I'm going to edit this. There's going to be like oh. horns and uh, oh. an auditory parade going through. Wow. Um, but yeah, this... <laughs> this is a big deal, guys. This is our 25th episode. <laughs> so uh, I'm surprised that we've made it this far um, or <laughs> gone through this many episodes already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with that, I think we mentioned in our last episode, we we're trying to get on Stitcher and iTunes and it is official. You can now find us and listen to us on Stitcher and or iTunes. So if either one of those are your preferred method of listening to podcasts, please go find us on there, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you do on Stitcher or iTunes, um, add us to your queue. Yeah, so it'll be that much easier for you guys to listen to us. I feel like now we're officially a podcast since we're on iTunes. So we, I mean, we could pretend like everyone's really just <laughs> going to SoundCloud for their podcast, but... I think we know everyone will probably be relieved that we're finally on. Yeah, I think it'll make it a lot easier for everybody. Yeah, so, so all 12 of our listeners, you can now move over to go. iTunes and catch us there. Um, but it is our 25th episode. I almost said 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, same no, thing. It is, it's, <laughs> it's 25th episode. And with <laughs> that, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. So this is our first movie review. And... You know, we started recording this podcast back in April, and we had two very friendly gentlemen who decided to (laughs) be our guinea pigs for this, and we brought them back to be our guinea pigs yet again for this uh, movie review episode. So back to the show, this is our first, second time guest as well, so there's a lot of firsts for these guys in the Squared Co. podcast. Um, They also have their own podcast which is the Scary Movie Ice Cream Podcast. Am I saying that right? Anyways, let me quit babbling and just bring the guys on. It is Cole Roberts and Mike Anderson. Welcome back to the show, guys. Thank you so much for coming back. Hey. Well, thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Is, is that I know you guys, like, I feel like Scary Movie Ice Cream, there's a social in there somewhere. Am I missing the mm. whole title of your the, podcast? Or the social casts it? are our mini casts where we just talk about random stuff. So those are the, uh, okay. the ice cream socials. But, mm. but, the, but the full name is, is a Scary Movie Ice Cream Night podcast. So. Oh, I knew I was forgetting yeah. the word somewhere. Just, you were, <laughs> you were a, close. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. But the, so the movie we are going to review for our first time is it, but then we're going to review the new it. So 2017 it, but the scary movie ice cream night podcast gentlemen just finished <laughs> reviewing the 1980s version of it. They 90. did a two parter. 1990, was it wasn't it? Yeah, I think it yep. was actually on 90. Oh shit. Well, 1990. <laughs> so if you want to start there. And then come up to the recent one or start listening to this one and then go back and listen to theirs. We'll leave links to um, how you can listen to their podcast and check out 
those specific episodes because it's like a nice little it's a trilogy we've got going on here. Mm-hmm. A trilogy. <laughs> and we, we might actually have to revisit this uh, once they have chapter two for it, whenever that comes. All right. The, the it's final it's confirmed. We'll be back for chapter two in 20. There it is. <laughs> 2020. That is, that is optimistic all the way around, I think. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> We're still going to be around, right? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> uh, so I wanted to start um, just talking about this, this movie by talking about everybody's experience and like their fandom, whether they had it or not, prior to seeing this. So I'll go first to give you guys kind of an understanding what I'm talking about here. And I think I had the least amount of knowledge about it, the brand, the franchise, the story. All I knew going up to this movie before I saw it was that it was a book by Stephen King and it was a TV movie about some kids who had a scary clown live in their sewers. (laughs) And uh, Tim Curry was the clown in the sewers. That's all of my knowledge prior to seeing this film. That's Um, all you really need. I know. Yeah, I think... (laughs) That's pretty good. Well, I I think a lot of people just, like, they either read the book or they saw the movie. So I think going into it, they were already fans of this franchise or this property, um, but for me, it was like I knew like the basics, but I had no experience. I didn't ever read a page of the book and I never saw a minute of the movie. Have uh, you have original. you read Stephen King books in general, though? And this is just I read his. Have? He had a memoir he did. Um, oh. that. <laughs> Look at this vast library. <laughs> I, I'm going to read this one. That's it's probably not scary. <laughs> so um I was going to wait to get to this, but I am not a horror fan at all. I am the biggest pansy when it comes to scary (laughs) movies. So this is completely out of my wheelhouse. And then reading, if I were to read a scary book, that's like even further out because you've, that's a lot of effort you got to go into reading something, you know. So yeah, Stephen King novels for the most part just weren't for me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But let me, let's jump over to Mike. Let me ask you, what were your, like initial thoughts um, and expectations for this movie going into it, you know, before you set foot in the theater to see this reboot. So I saw the uh, miniseries not on TV when it aired, but I, I saw it like the year mm. that it came out on VHS. Um, I just remember being really young, but I remember mostly like hearing about it on the playground. Um, like kids were always talking about the the Georgie scene with the the kid getting his arm ripped off. In the sewer drain. Right. And and before I even saw it, that just scared the crap out of me. Because, like, my <laughs> imagination was so much worse than anything that I would ever see on the TV screen. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a clown in a sewer? I don't like that at all. So, um, I, 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 my dad, um, my brother and I used to go to my dad's uh, jewelry shop when we were younger. And uh, to like keep us busy, he'd let us rent videotapes and uh, we'd watch them in the back room. And somehow we were able to rent it on the two VHS tapes. And I kid right. you not, I don't think we watched the second videotape because the first one scared us so bad. <laughs> and um, so that was my first encounter with it. And it it kind of scarred me for a few years after that. And And then I just read the book in anticipation for the movie. So I, I had right. a lot oh, of expectations wow. going into the movie 
Yeah, mm-hmm. as far as like what I wanted to see, what I wanted to have represented, and it did, uh, it uh, it did well in some respects, and it, it didn't hit on some respects for me. So um, that's right. all I'll say about it right now until we get further into <laughs> it. But <laughs> um, Let, let's uh, let's throw it over to your co-host Cole to see what he what his expectations were prior to jumping in there. Cole, yeah, you're up. All right, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> I uh I actually remember seeing bits and pieces of this on television when it aired. Um, so I think when it came out on TV, I was <clears throat> six years old, maybe six or seven. And um, I remember my dad. My dad is a huge Stephen King fan. Um, he's just mm-hmm. he's a he's a big reader in general. Um, he can put a novel down uh, in like three days. It's it's crazy, but. Um, so yeah, he he always had um, by his recliner. He always had a stack of Stephen King novels, and so <laughs> I would go through those things and just look at the covers. Which, if you've never, if anyone's yeah. not seen a cover of a Stephen King novel, specifically from the '80s and the '90s, they're amazing. Especially, you know, tying it back into Squareco a little bit, it, like being a more art-centered type of podcast. I mean, like the mm-hmm. artwork did so much for the imagination. Um, Right. So I I knew about it from the book just because my dad had the book and then seeing the bits and pieces I did on TV. I, I remember distinctly sneaking into the living room to see what he was watching because Stephen King back then he had several miniseries that came out on television uh, made for mm-hmm. movie TVs. And so like Tommy Dockers was one of them. It, I believe, The Stand and uh, there may have been one more. I cannot remember. But anyway, I... My dad being so into it, he was, you know, watching them as they aired. But it wasn't until I think my senior year of high school when I actually went out to the video store uh, and rented the two the two VHS tapes. Uh, right. And uh, the band I was in at the time, the drummer and I were um, uh, we were on this scary movie kick, which I've not seen to get over, I guess. But uh, <laughs> we were renting them on the weekends and uh, we had rented it and ordered a pizza. And I don't know. I just think about pizza. When I, <laughs> when I watch this movie. Gross. <laughs> so, all right, Jared, you're up. Your oh. turn. Let's hear it. Um, so I've read a lot of Stephen King books, uh, and but I did not read this one. This wasn't one that I read. It's a huge book, too. And I was actually, we mentioned this on the other show. I was going to listen to the audio book before the movie, but oh, yeah. that thing is 44 <laughs> hours long, so I wasn't going to do it. Um, so... Here's the thing. Like, I'm not a big horror guy. I, As far as movies go, I've read a lot of the horror books, but uh, I have sort of a low tolerance for, like, too much of the silly stuff. If it gets too mystical, too magical, or too silly, I kind of check out and I'm not interested. And for some reason, it just looked like that to me. Like, the clown thing, I'm like, oh, that's not scary. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so I, for some reason, I never read that book. Though I've read a lot of his his other ones. Um and I always think of Stephen King stuff as like perfect for made for TV stuff because it always has that feeling to it, whether it's in the theater, you know, or not. Mm-hmm. Like it always seems very uh, TV. I mean, not like Shawshank or like Stand By Me, those kind of things. But uh, mm-hmm. the horror stuff just always seems to play well in like the miniseries format as opposed to, uh, you know, a, a film. So but I did see a lot of the films like Pet Cemetery and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah. um I, I didn't know anything about the story beyond the clown uh, going into this. So I really, everything was pretty new for me. Did they have the the red balloon in the 
the original It movie? Was that like a big factor in it too? Uh, he had I think balloons, balloons in but general. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like a trademark red red balloon like this yeah. movie did. This one, oh, okay. I forgot to mention this prior, and I apologize if this ruined anything for our listeners so far. But we this will be one hundred percent spoiler episode. So from this point on, consider yourself warned. If you care, we are going to do just major spoilers about the original it, potentially the book, and specifically for sure this this new version of the movie. So you have been warned. So, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> Um, with that being said, let's jump into this new version of the movie. Uh, one of you had a very interesting way you saw the movie. Uh, Cole, I think it was. Uh, why don't you tell everybody how you saw the movie? And just <laughs> before we get into our experience with it, just I don't know, tell, you, tell your version of how you saw this movie. Yeah, You watched I mean, it from I've a been- sewer drain. Well, <laughs> close. I basically uh, I took a private jet out to a field and like skydived, <laughs> and then when I I landed in like a big pile of balloons, uh, which then uh, proceeded to help me float up into the air, and I, I hung upside down while watching them. It's not a big deal. Um, I'm really surprised you wanted me to talk about it, but uh, anybody could do yeah, it. Yeah, it was. You almost easy. got me with private jet. I was like, really, <laughs> Mike? Every <laughs> you would. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, I for for real, um, I saw the movie uh, at a drive. Uh, I I keep wanting to say drive through. Um, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> I went through the McDonald's, saw the movie. Uh, no, I saw it at a drive in, and that was my very first drive in experience, and that's been on cool. my bucket list for the longest time. Like we growing up, we didn't have drive in theaters around us that were close, so I've always wanted to go, and we're like. My wife and I are like a month out from having our first kid. And so it was like, let's let's mark something off the list. Let's go see this movie at the drive-in because uh, we'll probably never get to do anything ever again. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw that drive-in and it was absolutely... It was awesome and terrible experience all at the same time. Like, <laughs> so, I, so I wanted to ask you, like, does that enhance the experience or make mm. it worse? For, I don't know, because like for a scary movie, I really feel like there needs to be less distraction around. And to, mm-hmm, to put this right. into context, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, which um, is kind of the south. And we had to go further south a bit to go see this movie. And when you get outside of the city proper, things get very honky tonk. And so <laughs> we, show, we show up to this drive in that we it was an hour drive. There, like we went from city to barren lands, like nothing, like just fields. And it felt like we were lost. And we finally get to the drive-in and everyone is there with huge pickup trucks and, you know, that run off <laughs> diesel. Like one guy turned on his truck because it got really cold. And one guy turned on his truck. And so you had like this huge engine motor just like revving the whole time. <laughs> Oh, I'm pretty sure there were some people trying to 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 get lucky because the car down <laughs> from us kept uh, hitting the car Bouncing. alarm off. Well, no, yeah, it wasn't bouncing, <laughs> but the car alarm was constantly going off, and it took them an absurd amount of time each time to like click the button off. So it's like, okay, maybe you're busy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but also, just like being outside, so I didn't know this, and you know, again, this is my first time, but um, we. 
we bought a radio and because we were going to sit outside of the car and apparently you have mm. to signal in, you know, the sound to your portable radio. And so I was like holding it up to my ear, listening to the <laughs> movie because I couldn't hear anything. Um, yeah. So it, it wasn't as scary as it could have been because you didn't have the full uh, surround sound plus right. all the pickup trucks and the car alarms <laughs> and someone brought a baby there was a like a oh, baby yeah. screaming oh at one point, I'm like, oh, good, good idea. You know, let's let's take the baby to see it. And it's also <laughs> freezing outside. Oh, my gosh. But okay. I had a great time. It was awesome. Like sounds like yeah. it sounds wonderful. <laughs> uh, Jared, goodness. I think you had just a really boring experience. Right? No, I had something very you. similar. <laughs> no, not at all. No one. No one did. No one had something similar. Yes. No, just in the movie theater. I went when it was it was pretty empty, though. And I think these kinds of movies always benefit from having a full theater with people, yeah. you know, Screaming. reacting and things. Yeah. So it was pretty, you know, it's almost like a private screening when you go during a weekday afternoon. Yeah. Mike, what about you? I think I had the exact opposite experience of Cole. So like uh, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> since my wife and I like can only see like two or three movies a year, we'll usually treat ourselves and go to this theater. Um, it's about 45 minutes away. It's called the Warren and um, they have general seating that is just like a regular price ticket, but then you could upgrade it to their balcony seating to where you're <laughs> like a level oh. above everybody else. I, I call the people on the, the bottom row, the riffraff, and we're like the elite. So you can look down on <laughs> yeah, them, Yeah, right? I'm like, enjoy your movie, <laughs> plebes. And then like, <laughs> so like, uh, but like you can order food up there and they bring you your food to your chair and they like, uh, they'll refresh your drink if you're getting low and uh, it like it's got warm seats and <laughs> uh, like uh, it's like a you're sitting in a love seat basically it's so nice and luxurious and uh, but full but did like you have seven a radio po- did you get no. the whole radio <laughs> <laughs> full seven point one surround sound <laughs> front row center I mean I couldn't have been in a better position if I was in the movie um, but <laughs> wow so so yeah that that was that's how we saw it. it was it was awesome <laughs> uh so i just this we're recording this on sunday the opening weekend i just came back a few hours ago from seeing it so i think it's similar to what jared was saying i saw it wasn't an empty theater but it was you know kind of sparse the seating wasn't full um but for me i think it's better that way because and i've talked about this on the podcast before i'm the older i get the less tolerance i have for noise and annoying people in a theater so the less people for me, I think the better. So this actually was a great movie ex- going experience for me. And uh, to what Cole was saying, his experience, I think it does mm. benefit in being like a big dark room as opposed to the openness yeah. with all these. Uh, yeah, there were no trucks or monster trucks <laughs> in my theater. So that was a plus for sure. I, I will say, I, I can't leave this detail <laughs> out though, but I kid you not, we got popcorn, a Coke and a huge pickle for five bucks. So, oh, wow. there you go. I, I I don't know like where where else you could do that, but um, driving. I I spent uh, sixteen fifty, I think, on a popcorn and a soda. <laughs> yeah, so, California prices. There you go. Um, so, all right, this has been enough. I think we've got like almost twenty minutes in, and we haven't actually talked about the movie. So let's try and actually <laughs> talk about this movie and. Uh, Give it, give the people what they came here for. Um, Jared, I'm going to start with you for this one. Oh what, gosh, where, I don't know if you should, but go ahead. Uh, too late. So 
<laughs> I want to just let's talk about like something you did like, and it doesn't have to be like big points. It could be a specific scene, anything. Um, it can be a specific moment, uh, an actor, whatever. Just but one thing. What's one thing that you did enjoy about this film? Uh, let me think. I mean, no, I don't. I don't mean to be that. That's a difficult question. But so there was that one. You know, there was that one scene, uh, kind of towards the end, where he was, uh, where they kind of taken the clown out, but then he kind of reforms from uh, being the the lost brother. You know, like remember he kills. Right. Yeah, like that. That imagery was pretty great. I thought the way they had him shift back into an adult-sized clown, and it, it was oh, where like his arm blew up, yeah, and then, and then the leg feet popped up. out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, like that was great. Like that was one of the more interesting scenes I thought uh, yeah. through this mm-hmm. whole movie. It's kind of like when you pull out a trash bag and it's like really thicky, <laughs> and you just like give it a oh, yeah. and, you gotta- and it's like full-size bag. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a great analogy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So bef- before I throw this on to somebody else, Jared, does it, was that your only positive? Is it sounds like you don't have many? Well, I don't know. I mean, th- yeah. Maybe, Should I just skip you for a while? That's what I said. I don't want to be a wet blanket on this film just yet. <laughs> I'll wait till everybody else talks. Okay, about. Yeah, okay. no, so go on, go on to someone else for sure. All right, let's let's hear it, Cole. Uh, one thing I did like. Yeah. All right. So, um, I I'm gonna say I I really 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 enjoyed. Pennywise himself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one thing any any movie that has already existed kind of has going for it is you have this attachment to certain actors that are in movies, and totally. I I don't know many people who don't like Tim Curry. I mean, he is just like he's a phenomenal actor. He's voice actor and everything. I mean, he just has so much personality, and um, you know his portrayal of. Pennywise is what's haunted my nightmares for years and <laughs> to have the ability to let someone else into my nightmares uh, <laughs> I think is fantastic because I, I was not expecting this new Pennywise to be so dynamic yeah. because like I, I don't know the more I thought about it like I, I really think I like this new one better like the, the Pennywise better than than Tim Curry only because I feel like there was just something absolutely deranged about this version of Pennywise, whereas Tim Curry's adaptation was more like he was very like he was a corny clown. Like he had some really bad mm. jokes in the original movie, but then he would scare the <laughs> shit out of you. So it was always like, you know, he like it, he did his job and he did fantastic at it. But like I've never felt so unnerved by a personality in a movie before to where. I was just like kind of like biting my nails like this guy is like a ticking time bomb and he can go off at any second and it's glorious when he does like it's just it's so good. Right. Mike, you're up. Yeah, um, I was like the number one thing I wrote down was just Pennywise in general, Um, just from the look of him to his to his uh, mannerisms. But I guess to kind of springboard off that one thing I think this film did really well is building atmosphere at certain times um one Mm. scene in in particular is when ben is in the library and he's looking through that book um like a librarian comes in and slams the book down in front of him and Mm -hmm. kind of talks to him for a minute and then she walks off into the background and if you are watching the background of that scene you 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 might not be paying attention to it because you're watching what he's doing but if you look in the background the librarian was like hunched over like staring at him in this really creepy manner the entire time and i was like whoa that's pennywise like she's he's possessed Um. her or he's he's 
disguised as her or something like that. And, and she's manipulating what he's seeing in this book right now. And I was like, that's creepy. And they just yeah. did a lot of really like good little touches like that throughout the movie. Yeah, they did. Actually, you're right. I agree with that. Like that was interesting. They did a lot of uh, side things. Like if whenever you're listening to that TV that's playing in the background. And, yeah. Oh, that you know, was like, really cool. I mean, it came yeah. in like full focus at the end. But throughout that whole thing, anytime you heard like a background TV or something, it was that weird playing in the sewer. And, and that yeah. was, like it was so a lot of that hidden stuff was was fun. And I agree. Pennywise, I did like I did like Pennywise quite a bit. His performance was great because I think so many people do associate that with Tim Curry. It's like sort of like replacing the Joker, you know, like, oh, yeah. oh how can anyone no. do the Joker after Jack Nicholson? So um, I think they did it. They did it like by going in a very different direction. I yeah. think that was. I think was like right. the perfect comparison for that is like comparing Jack Nicholson's Joker to Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, yeah, right. Heath, yeah. Heath Ledger had that same ability to just be completely unstable. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just you know, could go off at any moment, and that uh, to me, that's what the new Pennywise felt like was just this maniac. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I agree, and I want to talk a little bit more about what Jared was saying with that the TV show. It was weird that every adult that had a TV on was watching that mm-hmm. that weird kids clown show, <laughs> and like they ne- I don't know what it was. They don't ever talk about it, but it was like a portal into. I I mean I guess it was Pennywise like brainwashing the parents so. Um, I forget like the overprotective mother. Mm-hmm. I forget her name or her kid's name, but he, she was like through the TV became this overbearing mother that influenced what the kids decisions were. And then Beverly's dad was watching the show mm-hmm. and he had an influence on her. Mm-hmm. And then um, the bully's dad, the cop, he was watching it too. So like every single parent was watching this wow. show and it was like, you know, it's not, over the top of the head it's kind of like what mike was saying if you don't pay attention to it you may miss it but it was definitely there and like this a nice little touch um to kind of tie the whole thing together yeah that's great because um, like i noticed exactly what you said that all of them are watching but i didn't even put it together that they were yeah. watching it, i mean so. yeah through through like the original film and the the book for the most part from what mike told me because uh, i feel like it, of, of all of us mike probably has like the most knowledge because he he did read a book Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just one though. <laughs> just one. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to like. That's call not. You that's not that. a lie. I was literally thinking that's probably the first book I read since middle school. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, it's kind of understood that their their situations have just been that way for a while. But to like to Mark's credit, to like pinpoint like, oh yeah, that that TV show happened to be on during those key moments is kind of fascinating mm-hmm. to think about. Yeah. It's it's cool to see those little hidden yeah because nods I, in there. I feel like in the original adaptation I don't think Pennywise ever possessed anyone he would take forms mm. but this movie he mm. did possess people which kind of mm-hmm. like Mike I don't know but does that happen in the movie where he would like literally possess someone or the book? you mean the book yeah yes absolutely sorry. Um, okay cool uh, yeah uh, yeah I won't go into like specifics or anything but yeah he does possess many people in the book. Okay. I, I think there was a lot of stuff in this movie too where you can kind of see how it played out in a book and, and maybe even more effective in a book because they mm-hmm. can kind of, you know, feed you specific things and how you're supposed to feel and what you're supposed to see. Um, so things like that, like the TV thing. And and they just start off that 
the, the movie basically just starts off with this is a fucked up town, like right from the get go, <laughs> right? Like everything is unpleasant and disturbing and yeah. like there's no there's no explanation as to why it's like this. But uh, uh, yeah, they jump right into the creepiness. Um, and I, I'm sure yeah. the book did that even more from what I've heard. So, oh, yeah, there's like too much information in the book. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, like for horror as a genre, Books might, or uh, yeah, book might be mm-hmm. the best way to digest something because with visuals, a lot of the time you just get the scare moments, the jump moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's not, you can't get that deep. But with books, like they'll put enough on the page to let you fill in the rest with whatever freaks you out, or you know, you'll make the scariest version of this scene. Yeah, um, just because of who you are. But with when it turns into a movie or a TV show, whatever it is, what it is like, you can't fill in the scene because it's already been filled in for you. Right. Exactly. I think, and I think Cole mentioned something about that too, that your, your own version, when you're reading it, what you picture is always scarier than someone's very specific, concrete uh, Um, interpretation. Another thing that I liked, um, was the stranger things actor, the kid who was his name is rich in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew Jared wouldn't like him. I thought he was hilarious though. <laughs> he was definitely a smart ass and he was annoying, but he was perfect for like, he was the like talkative, annoying kid or like member of the kids group, yeah. the little friend circle. Um, and then like just going off a little bit <laughs> further in that this, the kids little group, it's it's funny to hear these like you look at them on screen they look like tiny little kids that they like it they're teenagers and they're talking really vulgar they say the f word all the time they're saying like talking about their dicks and like yeah i thought it was refreshing and funny to see this take on you know early teenagers because that's how teenage boys are a lot of the times yeah yeah and it's nice that they didn't try and like hide that fact it was like these stupid little kids cussing and yeah i just thought that was funny and i love the stranger things kid but it sounds like that may be on jared's i don't like (laughs) i'll wait till we get there i'll wait till we get there (laughs) but it's funny you bring you bring up the the swearing and stuff because like i i don't know we haven't said this yet but one of the coolest things about this particular iteration of it is the fact that it's 27 years from uh Mm -hmm. from like the last incarnation and so right oh these kids are put that together yeah i mean like mike mike had explained that to me before we're on our on our uh on the podcast that we did recently on, on the original movie that this new one is taking place uh, ahead of this time. And so in the original movie, of course, for one, the original movie was made for TV. And so I totally forgot going into this movie. It's like, Oh yeah, this is uh this is rated R. <laughs> like they can, they can totally talk this way and say this, you know, say these things. And, um, the kids, the way they act in the original movie, it's kind of like, oh, golly gee, shucks. Oh, shoot, darn it. You know, like, yeah. because yeah. it's 1960. And so, like, you know, yeah. let's fast forward to the 80s and it's like, okay, they they might be talking about their wieners. You know, whatever. Like, <laughs> kids are kind of crude. Like, I don't know. That was just kind of cool that they could talk that way and it didn't feel yeah. out of place due to the setting. And like you said, like, they were just being not no stupid kid yeah yeah exactly okay so that i maybe we should clarify that because that was one of my questions so since mike read the book i'm sure he can address this so in the book this is supposed to take place in the 60s the kids are in the 60s and then like 
modern times, which would have been like the 80s for the book, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, are they adults in the 80s then? Is that how the book Yeah, so the, the original story takes place in 1958 when they're kids, and then 27 okay. years later is 1985. It, it's kind of like a general uh, 27 years later. It's not like a to the day he right, wakes up. Right, right. Um, so, so they just bumped this movie up to where when the, the original 1990s miniseries premiered on September 8th, 1990. So mm. 27 oh. years later wow, is, awesome. is September 8th, 2017. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. Okay. So, so then they just, they went, ahead, they went back 27 years. So that's like 1988, I think. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And I see. Yeah, so, so they just updated the timeline to fit. Okay. Yeah. Which so I, chapter I two applaud them place. for that because like, if you're going to remake a movie, like, I love that it's like, obviously they had to do their homework. Like there's a book, there's a movie already, you know, they have a lot to work with, but like just the fact that they didn't just straight up remake the movie we've already seen. They fast forwarded mm-hmm. to, because right. chapter two, when it comes out, will be today or, you know, right. 2017. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. Cause uh, whenever, I mean, like most Stephen King, that these things take place in a small town in Maine or something, uh, because that setting was so small town generic like that, it, it had a sixties feel to it still. Like, like clearly they did the, the, the outfits and the, you know, technology as eighties and stuff, but parts of it still felt very, it felt very much like stand by me. A lot of it, like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the way the, the way the kids yeah. were, it felt like that more so than, stranger things to me yeah. well now that you say that i want to this is my one another point that i liked is the and jared you hate this whole nostalgia thing in the 80s but <laughs> for me it was a plus i i loved watching this movie and the kids riding around on their bikes it totally had like a stranger things vibe for me and the et goonies you know like kids in the 80s riding their bikes around and it brought me back to when i was that age and like going from neighborhood friends houses you always knew like where your friends were because there'd be a pile of bikes in mm-hmm. front of like on their lawn mm-hmm. so you could just like ride up and down the streets and not know where your friends are but you say oh they're all in front of jimmy's house like you know i'm sure they're playing video thanks games thanks for inviting me jimmy backyard. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i also liked how they didn't use their kickstands except for the the one kid that they made a point of showing <laughs> but how they just jump off their bikes and drop because that's exactly what we would do we would just you'd Jump it off. Throw them off. Yeah, yeah, the bike would still go yeah. flying forward and stuff like that. But <laughs> I always think it's funny in these movies where there's, and it's because probably that I was uh, raised in California, so we don't have these old neighborhoods like this. How it's like this normal neighborhood, and then there's this haunted mansion on the corner. You know, that, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like so haunted mansion. Like it doesn't look like anything else. We so uh, I'm just gonna go for it and go off on a tangent here. So. The, just because Jared said this, I were I grew up in uh, Lake Forest, which is like, I mean, now it's kind of a big city, but it's a Southern California. It's in Orange County, and exactly what Jared said, like for the most part, it's like you know new suburbs, and it's all like clean and nice. But for some reason, and this was even more spooky, there was this house that it was literally on a hill, and it had a gate around so like it was on a corner of this street and the corner up to the street had a fence so you couldn't get onto their property and then there was like a small windy road that went up to the this house that lived on a hill 
Um, but it was like you never saw cars in front of it. It was like kind of deteriorating. We have no idea how old it was or why it was there and why there was like a mountain of dirt surrounding it. Um, but because like this house existed in a relatively small town, like when you're going to junior high and high school, you hear all these probably fake stories about like the tough or cool kids breaking into the house and having these haunted Wait, house experiences. This is, this yeah. is Edward Scissorhands. I think you're just telling us Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> no, it literally like, it, it was like that. It wasn't that big of a hill, but yeah, it was very, very similar. Um, I have obviously never had enough guts to go near that house, but I heard stories of people going there like, Oh, I went in and, um, you know, Judy's hair was, floating and i saw this light behind her and a candlestick was floating down the hall I'm like okay i'm sure you, all of this happened um but anyways, kids are idiots yeah i just to prove jared wrong that some of these houses do exist in california <laughs> floating hair is pretty scary uh okay let's get back on track uh who uh, who wants to share something else that they liked about the movie. Jared, I think you're all out. So it's up to the scary movie cast. I've there you go. Yeah, yeah. To carry the torch. Okay. So after reading, okay. So I, I mentioned the first time I, I came into contact with this franchise was the movie. And I heard about the Georgie scene on the playground. Well, I read the book and I, like I said, this is literally the first book I've read in forever. So I don't know if it's just my lack of reading books, but this book scared me to death. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I don't see how people could be scared from reading a book. And uh, no, it literally did. I had nightmares. But of everything, the Georgie scene in the book really just like affected me. And it made me really afraid to watch this movie to the point where, you know, the first thing that happens in the movie is the Georgie scene. And I'm like sitting right. in my chair and I'd already seen everything up to the attack because they released like that full scene online yeah and i watched it and it like it cuts off right before he gets attacked and i'm just sitting there like i'm about to have a heart attack because i was like <laughs> i know what's coming i know in my head what it should look like and i just don't know if they're gonna go there and after seeing it i kind of like calmed down i was like okay that wasn't as bad <laughs> as i thought it was gonna be but i was like if i can just get past this scene the rest of the movie's gonna be okay <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that scene was like one of my favorite parts of the movie and least favorite parts of the movie, but I can talk about that <laughs> later, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I was glad that they, they took it a step past the, the nineties movie where it, it cuts off right when like Pennywise grabs his arm and you see his teeth come out, you don't see anything violent, but this movie went for it. And I, I appreciated it for that where like you actually saw his arm get ripped off and you know mm -hmm. yeah. they they took it even further like he's like crawling away in pain i was like yeah. this is this is hard to watch i can't <laughs> i don't know if i can do this <laughs> um but uh one thing i appreciated about that scene was when he actually bit his arm it was kind of cartoony looking so that's what mm -hmm. kind of yeah. brought me back in and i was like okay i can i can get through this that, that, <laughs> that didn't look too bad yeah that mouth was ridiculous though yeah <laughs> yeah Lots, lots of teeth. <laughs> yeah. Cole, you have anything else? I really, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't in love with the movie when I first saw it. Um, I know I liked it, but it, um, I had to sit with it for, um, 
really today I kind of came around on just how much I, I I think I did enjoy it. But I think I think like the thing I, I just that I really appreciated was um, just the casting they did for for the kids. Um, yeah. While I know like and I I can agree with Jared to some extent too about like you know them coming off as annoying, but I also um, <laughs> can can understand well, it's like Jared's just just a grumpy old man so don't <laughs> don't pay attention uh, to him anybody <laughs> but i i really i really did think they had like a really cool connection you know i yeah to me to me some of the things that i think is kind of hard for this particular movie is they decided from the very beginning to go one perspective uh at a time for this for this new movie and what i mean by uh both the book and the original miniseries or the TV movie, um, mm-hmm. you're you're going back and forth between their adulthood and their childhood. And right. the last half of the original movie, I really just don't care for because it's almost all adult or at least the proportion is, you know, 80, 20 adult and, and kid. And like the kid stuff's just so much better. But like, I think they were really ballsy to go just all kids route on chapter one. So... Yeah. I'm almost dreading chapter two a bit because a for one, it's it's, it's going to take place a for one man. Okay. A uh, <laughs> it, it's going to take place in 2017. And I just, I hate everything about 2017. And so like, I, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to see like, you know, like current day crap, you know, like they're going to be talking about Instagram and Twitter and Uber and oh, like yeah. all this stuff. That's just like, kind of takes you out of the experience a bit like because there's something to this nostalgic nostalgia thing where you're kind of like watching something from a time ago you're like oh those were the good old days you know and when you put something into like today's perspective it's like oh no this is gross i already deal with it on a daily basis um (laughs) well you never know cole it might be really a lot worse by the time it's three years from now so you might be thinking 2017 is the good old days oh man that's gonna be (laughs) scary three years (laughs) But, just just like yeah. looking back at 2014. Yeah, t- 2014 was okay. <laughs> yeah, see. Um, but I that's that's more or less what I'm trying to say is I, I like that they they chose to go let's focus on the kids just right now and um but that does leave me a little apprehensive for chapter 2, but chapter 1 awesome. <laughs> I think a lot of the humor landed pretty well. Yeah. Mm. I, I I liked all that too. Oh, one thing I I want to say this, one thing I just it cracked me up so much was the uh i loved ben's character the the, the little chubby kid which is yeah. which is really funny because like <laughs> i really connected with the original ben from the 90s movie but very so much so this movie it was almost disturbing like my wife looked at me <laughs> because i was laughing and i turned i was like yeah that's that's me like this yeah. he and i have so much in common but uh his little obsession with new kids on the block and trying to hide that from his <laughs> from his new friends, and I lo- like Bev being in on it, and like their jokes back and forth, just like naming off like the song titles oh, and yeah, stuff. Like, oh my god, like it was so good. But uh, Ben's awkwardness. that whole scene with him and that like that castle that fell apart. At the- I was like, that is me because I've like I would always try and make these really elaborate art projects in school and. S- yeah, something would happen to it. And I'm I'm just like trying to like hold water in my hands like the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I, so what's your so favorite good. New Kids on the Block song? 
I mean, okay, I don't. <laughs> I've never liked New Kids on the Block. I oh, just, come on! I, but we know that's why you connected. No, 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 with no, 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 no. I swear. Uh, <laughs> no, I was never a New Kids on the Block fan, but I appreciate the fact that he liked something that was almost like he shouldn't <laughs> like it because, like, yeah, that was no, that was it. me in Power Rangers because, like, I was like at that point where I was like. Hey, maybe maybe I should go be be a bigger kid. It's like, nah, I, I, I still want to watch Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, that was a great scene when she when she opened the back of the door, and they yes. just had that little moment. She's like, oh, I see your poster. So yeah, good. good. She totally reminded me of Amy Adams. I'm like, this is like a perfect, oh, yeah. like younger version of Amy Adams. Even the way she spoke and enunciated, um, I just couldn't. I kept looking at her. I'm like, gosh, maybe Amy Adams is going to play the adult version in the. Uh, oh, it's going to be in the chapter you, two. Does anybody? Do they have any casting done for the next one? I don't know. I, I've heard that they have casted, but I don't think they've released anything yet. Mm. Probably oh. like Chris Pratt. <laughs> he'll be in it he'll be bill I, I, I don't know i hope they don't go with big names i think that's kind of we'll where we'll like happens. with the exception of finn the the stranger things kid mm-hmm. he, yeah. he we're like we're kind of lucky that he was in the movie just because like he's already played the 80s teen you know the 80s youngster recently mm-hmm. right but for everyone else like i love when movies can come on with a blank slate of cast members to where you don't have this attack like attachment to them yeah. as something else where you know like like if chris pratt was let's say bill in chapter two you'd be like that's freaking chris totally pratt. take you out of it's it it's not yeah, yeah like i just i don't care anymore you know and not i'm not hating on chris pratt it's just he's so right. established it's like i think a lot of the charm that we got from this movie is because like i don't know any of these people so i really believe that this actually happened well i thought yeah. it'd be interesting that uh Seth Green played the kid Richie in the original movie, and now he's old enough that he could play the adult Richie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that you wouldn't even know. Like, I, I, I saw the movie probably five times before I realized that was Seth Green. And to his credit, he didn't start becoming a somebody until he was much older than he was when he was uh, in the original mm-hmm. It. So right. um, mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, it kind of works to his benefit. And I, I, I watch that movie now, I still don't think, oh, that's Seth Green, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I have one thing, and it's uh, is also a tangent. So that's why I saved it for the end of this round, if you will. But um, there's one scene that I loved, and it's for a very personal reason. Um, and you guys are gonna think I'm like a totally demented child. Um, but it was when they were at the creek, and they all had the rock war. This is like so stupid, but you know they so they just start throwing rocks at each other to try and defend um, the kid that's getting like his face smashed into the meat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then they like so they throw rocks to try and like get the bullies off of him, and after a couple rocks are thrown, the, every, somebody yells "Rock Wars!" And literally, when the, I saw the movie with my mom, and when that happened, I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" I literally just yelled that out in the theater. <laughs> And I look, o- I look over at my mom and I was like, I used to do that with my friends when I was in junior high, too. <laughs> and she just like rolls her eyes like, God, you're an idiot. But um, <laughs> I so I grew up or like the junior high that I went to, one of my best friends, he lived across the street. And the main street that you have to cross, it also had like an underground tunnel that had a creek running through it. So we would like walk to his house to hang out, um, but we'd go through this forest in this creek area to get there. 
And I don't know why, just being stupid kids, like we thought it would be fun to divide our friends and like, you know, three of us go on this side of the creek, the other three go on that side. (laughs) And it wasn't as close as it was in the movie. It was maybe like a good 20, 25 feet, maybe even more. So it wasn't like you could get these big rocks and actually hurt each other. It was like pebbles that we're throwing, but we literally had that scene exists um, amongst friends. It wasn't like we're trying to kill each other. Mm. Um, where we would, it, like we just yelled rock wars and everybody instantly knew what that meant. Oh my and God. we would divide and just throw like rocks at each other. Like, like there's one kid that's confused what rock war means. That's the kid that gets hit in the face. That's, yeah, that's the dead kid. Exactly. Yeah, okay, I can't so. believe you actually threw rocks at each. That's crazy. Like that was that's funny. Reckless. That's the two. There were two scenes where you know these kids are in mortal danger. The ones I'm concerned about is the rock war, and then when they cut their hands at the end <laughs> uh, and press their bloody uh, hands together, I'm like, oh my gosh! I couldn't. I couldn't it, even look. That was the worst part, part of the film. Yeah, and you know what's funny? You bring that up because they. Uh, I think it was Eddie, the the hypochondriac kid. Right, he exactly. He just did a whole tangent on the AIDS <laughs> epidemic of the 80s. Exactly. Like, you guys weren't even listening to him, were you? Just exactly. freely cut your hands and, and grab grab hold. Real smart. That must be like a, a leftover from the 1960s story version where it was kind of safe <laughs> to do that kind of stuff back then. Yeah. It was just uh, it was just normal. Ugh. All right, so now we're we're going to transition into the stuff that we did not like about the film. So, sounds like Jared's got a whole laundry list going here, so we'll let you go first, Jared. <laughs> the, the Jared you know, I don't know. Podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I should go first, but I'll I'll definitely take down each one of your likes one by one if that's just <laughs> just just like the movie. The movie is uh divided into two chapters. I think we might have to open up a chapter 2 just to fit just in. To fit in the dislike, yeah. Part two of our three-hour episode on it. No, I mean, (laughs) there were, you know, I didn't hate this movie at all. Like, not at all. I I felt like a lot of it borrowed from other movies, uh, sort of in the way that I think Stranger Things did. Now, I know this is a pre-existing thing. It's not like they created this after the fact. But, um, you know, there was a lot of the kid stuff, uh, which was entertaining. and, And people in the theater certainly responded to all of those horrible your mom jokes and stuff like that. Um, so, As did I. so I've never felt like if the film got particularly scary, like I think there were a handful of little moments that kind of made you jump, but because it cut back and forth between this very goony stand by me movie. And then, you know, this clown, I don't know. I never felt like I got totally invested in uh, the Pennywise story. And I don't think we ever got any explanation as to why, he was doing like what his significance was to the, to this town or, mm-hmm. or these kids. Like, I don't know. So I thought, I think there's an interesting story there. I felt like we didn't get it. And we got a lot of sort of uh, corny, uh, you know, bits and pieces that, um, you know, some of it was very good and others of it, I thought were a little not great, but again, I, I didn't hate the film at all. It just maybe rolled my eyes a few times, <laughs> 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 but please somebody else take it. And, and, that, okay, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go next. Um, so I'm right there with you, Jared. I did. I'm the biggest pansy when it comes to scary movies. Right. I think this the previews for this film scared me more than the actual film did. <laughs> so I this movie, like I said, I'm a pansy with scary movies. I've probably seen three my entire life, and this one did not scare me at all. And I think a big reason for that is. 
at the the very first scene where Georgie's little boat falls into the sewer drain and you see Pennywise there, they reveal the monster, the whole entire monster Pennywise, the very first scene. Mm -hmm. I think it works so much better when you barely, you see just enough and let your imagination fill in the rest with like a lot of these other movie monster movies like you don't see there's no reveal of the monster till the end so you have all this build up like an hour and a half two hours build up of like making this the scariest thing possible and then it jumps out at you they like blew their load in the very beginning the very first scene yeah um so for me that was a huge negative it's one of those Um, things like i i bet in high school i would have loved this movie because you would have gone with all your friends it would have been very exciting with the crowded theater and people respond so i think it's a fun film from that perspective and you kind of have to go into it with the right you know like this is like a like a theme park ride almost more so than it is like a movie to be taken too seriously. So, you know, I think from from that perspective, it's it's uh, it's going to do well. I think, but um, yeah, I think I wanted to be yeah. more scared by it than I was. Mm. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that was my biggest thing. Um, and yeah, so well, let's. <laughs> yeah, Cole, you can go next. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of. I, I'll be the third person to say this. Um, I wasn't scared by it either, but I don't know how much of that is just like I am just like too messed up in the head. You're to, too tough. Right. It's You've not, seen tough too guy. much. I've, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's definitely not a, a source of toughness. It's just the fact that it's like I'm probably just like not sensitive enough now at this point with all mm-hmm. the garbage I've put in my head over the last <laughs> you know 20-something years. But the thing, my, my favorite thing about the original It growing up was that because I've, I've never been scared of clowns. Like, we have we have a family friend who's a clown. So, I mean, like, and I call her, like, second mom. So, <laughs> my second mom is a clown. So, it's, it, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, scared of, of clowns. So, it wasn't, like, a scary thing to me ever. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, with, with, sorry about the mom tangent. Um, That's- <laughs> but the thing that I think Pennywise, like, does the best is his the psychological aspect of Pennywise. Mm-hmm. And there are scenes in the original movie where it's not like there's a clown right behind me moments. It's the there's 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 blood coming from the sink. There is um a Pennywise is showing up in old photographs where he shouldn't be. Um uh photographs are talking, think he they're seeing things like to me that's the scary stuff because um it happens anywhere. It happens during the day. It happens in the evening. Like there's no like his potential is like limitless um, mm-hmm. as as a scary thing. You know, usually things like the thing that um, and I know this is in the book, but like there's an actual haunted house in this movie. And that's where most of the the stuff goes down in the haunted house. And I didn't want this to be like a haunted house movie or a haunted mm-hmm. sewer movie. Like I really wanted this to be <laughs> uh, I can't sleep because I'm so scared as this child, you know, like, so the thing that the, the thing that they had to do because what I talked about earlier, they don't do the flashbacks. It's like, let's just focus on the kids is they didn't pace the scares too well. Like it mm-hmm. was like, there's what, seven kids, six or seven. And so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. this kid gets scared. This kid gets scared. This kid gets scared. There wasn't like enough break in between everything to where you could kind of like, kind of like wrestle Build with it, it a up. bit. Right. Yeah. And so um 
to me, I don't think they like blew their load in the first scene because for <laughs> for one, that's so gross. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, for one, like, hey, I listened to an episode of yours and you guys were talking about creaming on old ladies' faces. So. Okay, it was shaving oh, give okay. us a break here. <laughs> <It was> shaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, let's get back on track, Cole. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, my bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? Uh, like the the pacing of the scares wasn't that great, and like for that first scene, like we've already seen this first scene mm-hmm. before. It was just a little more graphic this time, and we we've already read about this scene before. So there's not too much they can do at this point with with so many variations of this of this film out there, whether it's in book or miniseries, but. I do wish they could have like somehow like spaced it out a bit more to where you had a little more uh, concern and felt a little more for the kids uh, interaction with their personal scares. Because if anyone doesn't know, it isn't a clown. It is whatever scares you. It's Mm -hmm. just for Mm -hmm. the sake of telling a story and for the sake of the movie, let's put it into something. Let's let's concentrate it into one thing to where when it's not personally scaring the kid, it's a clown. And so, um, and plus the fact that the clown eats these kids, it's like, it's kind of like this universal thing, you know, like he goes after the young kids first because they're easier to prey on. They're, they're more accepting of clowns with the other kids. They're, they're using more of like, like Eddie, the hypochondriac, he's terrified of germs. So what's scarier to him than a clown? It's a leper, you know, mm-hmm. a, a diseased right. man who is just going to infect Eddie and his body parts fall off, you know? Finn, the Stranger Things kid, his actual fear is a clown. And so this is like hell for him. And, you know, I, I could go on about like what everyone's thing is, but um, I, I would have liked to have seen more of the psychological stuff than just the, the haunted house. Yeah. There's a clown in the haunted house type of thing. Yeah, I think I agree with you on that one, too. Totally. Um, but let's give Mike a shot here. <laughs> I've been like like sitting on this since I saw it yesterday. And like, there's actually a lot of things that I don't like about this movie. And I feel like it comes from me reading the book just Mm -hmm. prior to seeing it. And I hate that because I always make, like, I always get mad at those people that are like, it wasn't as good as the book. I'm like, shut up. It's a movie. <laughs> it's co- Of course it's better than the book. Reading sucks. But, man, the book is so Not much better time. than this movie. <laughs> that's that's the tagline of our podcast. Reading sucks. Uh, but, yeah, kind of springboarding off of what uh, Cole said, there's, like, four main things that I really, really dislike about this movie. Um, one of them is just the pacing, kind of like what Cole says. It's like they sacrifice um, character development Mm -hmm. and um, stuff like that for the scares, just for the sake of getting everybody's little individual moment with Pennywise or their individual scare in. they It just felt like we just watched an anthology of scares, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to feel like these kids have all come together at the end. I was like, I just, I didn't feel it at the end. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I should have, but like the number one thing that I hated about this movie was (laughs) Henry Bowers and his gang. Oh, seriously, Mm -hmm. like, this made me so mad. Henry Bowers and his gang has such, even in the miniseries, they have such a bigger part in this movie and um, Mm -hmm. so much more character and so much more to do than they gave them to do in this movie. And 
it, it was almost like not even worth putting them in for the the little amount of stuff that they had them do. They just they kind of terrorized Ben and Mike a little bit, but they mm-hmm. really didn't do anything to anybody else. And then um, Henry kills his dad at the end, which is in the book, but it's a precursor to something else that happens, which is even bigger, which they mentioned in the miniseries, which is it basically uses Henry as a scapegoat for all the child murders. Henry Mm. like confesses to it through it. And that's how he, like he gets blamed for killing all the kids. And then they just kind of kill him off just like really quickly. Like, and it may be the, like the walking dead theory of you don't see a body. He's probably not dead, but like he fell a really long way down that. well. (laughs) It was a well. If he did survive, then yeah. (laughs) So, but like, his his uh, little henchman, uh, I think one of them's name is Belch, and I can't remember the other guy's name. But like, was, was he the guy that burped? Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> uh, he burped okay, once that, that, in the that movie. Makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. was a, that was um, one really good burp. Yeah. <laughs> um. So him and like I think it was the blonde haired kid who was like his other like number two. They are supposed to go with Henry into the sewers. And like chase after the kids while the kids are chasing after it. And none of that happened. And mm-hmm. I just, I was like, I was so looking forward to that too. Cause I was like, I wanted the bullies to kind of get there, get what was coming to them at the end and nothing happened to them. Yeah. Um, the one thing about them that I did appreciate was that they brought in the Patrick Hockstetter character who was like the long haired guy that died pretty quick uh, early on. He is in the book, and I won't give away too much about his character, but he's probably um, the scariest character in the book because he hmm. is so psychotic, and uh, he's human, and he just the horrible things that he does to people and like to family members is just was he insane. the uh, the flame the flame he guy? was the flame guy, and that was actually yeah. a cool callback to the book because when he. Um, his big scene in the book takes place while all of the kids are in the junkyard and they're like lighting their farts on fire. So the fact that he was lighting a spray can on fire, that was, that was a pretty neat little callback to the, to the book. But um, yeah, so my, my big complaint was Henry and his gang, but like my other two little smaller complaints, but still pretty big. Um, One was Georgie. (laughs) I didn't like that Pennywise pulled him into the sewer because that became that made the movie become more of like a rescue mission than a mm. than a mission of revenge because Bill right. knows that his brother is dead in the book and in the miniseries and he believes that he's been killed by this entity or whatever is killing all these other kids so he's on a mission to like you know he keeps saying you killed my brother i'm going to kill you Whereas this one, it's more like I'm going into the sewers because I want to try and find my brother. And they just kind of happen to come across it during this. And it just kind of diluted their mission a little bit, in my opinion. And I didn't feel the fire that I felt behind Bill in the other two iterations. And then um, my only other uh, note is I was getting a little tired of Pennywise and the shaking face jumping mm-hmm. at the camera thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's it's just like charge. the low, it's the lowest form of jump scare horror movie cliche at this point. Yep. And I was just like, I, this guy is scary enough looking and you built up enough atmosphere just in the trailers that you don't have to resort to this. 
And yeah. like some of the scariest visuals that I thought were of it were like during the rock fight when you just kind of saw him in the in the oh, tall in grass. The mm-hmm. I was yeah. just like, that's yeah. that's scary looking. I would piss my pants if I saw that in real <laughs> yeah. life. Like there's there's kind of like this green belt right outside of our neighborhood that I drive by every morning. I'm like, every morning I drive out there, I just I know I'm gonna see that clown standing there and, <laughs> and I want to see it, but I don't at the same time. Um, but I don't know. I just, I wish they wouldn't have pandered to that lowest common denominator of the guy. That's like, Oh man, this yeah. clown's stupid. And like, but he jumps out at the screen and he's like, Oh man, that's scary. And, yeah. uh, um, and, and nothing was it more represented that than the projector scene. That scene yep. was so cool oh, when he yeah. jumps out yeah. of the screen and he's like gigantic. But his yeah. face was like this CGI distorted. I don't know. I was that was the coolest scene, but like made me so mad at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are those are my those are my four things. That, <laughs> so. Uh, I'll, I want to go back to what one of the things Jared said, too, that is on my list is that there's really no backstory. And I don't need like this whole long origin story of it. But like in the movie, like Cole was saying, he does take form as a clown. Um, but there's no like real you don't understand his motives or why this is happening. And you don't know like why did why Derry the town um, like. Why is he only really go after kids? Why is he in the sewers? Why does he come back every 27 years? It's like the the kid Ben, the new kid, he like did all this research and mm-hmm. they have like these little bits and pieces of information, but it it doesn't really tell you anything. Yeah, but it, like, but it's really good information. I think that's what was so frustrating. Like there was some yeah, interesting like bits he, in there and the kid's head in the tree and the you know like I kept thinking it was going to go far into that background story and, and sort of give a base to why this town yeah. is the way it is. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like, then, oh, yeah, we had they, there was an opportunity that was missed. Exactly. So, yeah. And it wouldn't have even taken that much more screen time or, you know, it added a lot more minutes to the movie because it could have just been like another sentence or two in that room when he's got all of the different like uh, information about this case or the the fact that the town is so messed up, like he could have just said like, Oh, there was a fire that happened in this time. And there was one survivor that they never found or whatever. I'm making this up, but you know, it wouldn't have taken that much more to get that point across. Do you know, Mike or Cole, if they talk about more of the origin of this thing in the book mm-hmm. or the original? Yeah. Like they his really, motives and all that. Yeah. They go into, I mean, you know, everything by the end of the book, why mm. he's doing it, um, what he is. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. There's no way they could put it into a movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's so like <laughs> out there. Um, it's like, it's like more sci-fi. Like it is like, it really is like, like traveling it, through dimensions. It's, yeah. it's oh. weird. Like it <laughs> Pennywise doesn't have like a physical form mm-hmm. when he opened up his mouth and she like looked down his throat and saw those lights yeah. That yeah. was like technically his physical form. He is just a mass of lights called the deadlights. And Ugh. he takes on these physical representations. Pennywise, the clown, is his favorite representation because it's kind of right. like the Most carrot. Most people that, are scared yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. He, well, like he uses the clown to lure in kids and then he uses what they're afraid of to make them afraid because he likens um, 
being afraid to salting the meat, essentially. So the the more afraid somebody is, the better their flesh will taste in a, oh, in a sense. Got it. That sounds And terrible. he likes he likes children because <laughs> their fears are more easily exploited. Like they're more afraid of, yeah. you know, monsters and, you know, parents are more afraid of paying the mortgage. You can't really change right. into like, that. He's not going to take the form of your next, like, bill. Or the tax man. It's like, oh, God. 401k. Yeah. 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 My savior. But if you noticed in the movie, (laughs) they kept making references to turtles. Like when they were swimming, they were like, oh, Mm -hmm. we see something on the water. I think it's a turtle. And then um, Bill had that Lego. The Lego. Turtle. Yeah. Yeah. So it is essentially the darkness of this parallel universe. And the light is represented by this gigantic turtle. Oh my and, gosh! Um, yeah, so that, like literally, Stevie they King, could everybody. not put. <laughs> <laughs> they could not make this this movie, and they were going to have like, you know, a, a hundred thousand people watching this movie, going, "What the fuck is going on?" Exactly. And uh, <laughs> and, and so, like Bill and Richie, they travel to this other dimension called the macroverse and they're talking to this turtle they're like we have to defeat it and the turtle's like i don't take sides and um (laughs) and yeah it's it's so complicated i but i thought that this film did an okay job of giving you little tidbits um Mm. but i agree they didn't give you enough whereas if you didn't have any back knowledge of anything you're going to be completely lost like my wife was lost. She did. She she didn't see anything before this or read it, and she was like, "I just wish they would have explained stuff a little bit more." Yeah, because there's a lot of references to fires, and I don't know if it was necessarily the uh, the same fire. I mean, they talked about that factory that was old, right? Mm-hmm. But then the 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 Mike character was like the sole survivor of that fire, right? Yeah. That his parents yeah, died his, in. I think yeah. it was his dad that ended up surviving. Oh, uh, was his yeah. Yeah, his dad survived the 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 fire that killed like a bunch of people that was started by a racist faction, and then um, yeah. his parents' house was burned down. Mm, yeah, um, they right. they kind of alluded to it was another like group of people that burned their house mm. down. That was the so other storyline that I thought made more sense if it was in a sixties fifties. Uh, time yeah. frame like that yeah. felt a little yeah. out of place in this in this film, but like like the. Uh, like Eddie, the the main boy, he has a lot more racism towards Mike in the original movie, and I think mm. that has a lot to do with the timeline. Right. right. Not not mm. to say, I mean, it, it's more like the sixties this day and age. Um, right. But um, at least I think in the eighties, it probably wasn't that big of like an issue. So I mean, there wasn't really any kind of like uh, there wasn't anything that alluded to me that this like the stuff that was done to Mike was done out of hatred of like his skin color. But they do talk right. about how that his dad was like one of the sole survivors of a of a uh, African American only nightclub that mm-hmm. was burned. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So that's why in that scene where he's going delivering the meat, he gets spooked by all those like zombie hands that were like burnt to a crisp that are coming out of the. Which was oh, great. Yeah. It was a great scene. That was awesome. That was, See, that's yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like. So I, I guess like my my other biggest disappointment in this film, and I I want to read the book. Mainly just because I, I, I do like to read, but like I like I want to know more about the town. I, I am totally yeah. not down with the turtle business. <laughs> I, I hate sci-fi for the most part. But to me, like even in the original miniseries, there's 
chatter about how the people in the town of Derry have just never seemed normal and have never mm-hmm. seemed right. And, um, you know, like Bev's dad, he's you get the sense that he's probably sexually abuses her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got Eddie's dad who, you know, he's kind of like this. He's a cop, but his son's really crooked and he's he might be a little crooked himself as 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 like what what uh, strides the line as like acceptable and, and what he should be doing mm-hmm. as a cop. Um, and then, you know, Eddie's hypochondriac mother, who is just like, you know, feeding his head full of like, you know, if you if you look at the sun, you're going to die type of stuff. Um, <laughs> but like, I I like the idea that this town is just as messed up as the fact that there is this entity that is haunting the town. And to me, uh-huh. like, it's almost like the second monster in the film. And I really like neither this movie or the last one did a good enough job of making me feel like Derry, the town was a threat. Um, it was just like, yeah, it's right. a little off here, but it's like, okay, you could go to any small town and think, yep, it's a little off here. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I wanted there to be more of like, you know, an overall, like, what is this dark cloud over Derry? Like, mm-hmm. why specifically? Because you get the brief history lesson in both films of like things that are happening. And to me, that's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wish there would have been more of that. All right. Jared, do you have anything else you want to add? Well, to that you know, it's list? funny. I thought I thought everybody was going to love this film. So I felt a little bad coming to it like, oh, this is so goofy. <laughs> um, so I am, I'm glad to hear that so we had similar complaints. Again, I didn't leave angry or anything, but. Um, oh, I, no, I didn't no, no, either. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just like there were because it hinted at so much interesting stuff. It felt frustrating that we didn't get to dive in a little bit more or have like a, a linear. Uh, I don't know. Like by the end when those kids are just floating around, I'm like. Like, what the heck? Like, did I miss something? Like, why are they floating? And yeah. oh, he he kissed her, and that brought her out of the trance. So, do they just kiss those other floating kids, or what's happening yeah, here? That, like, I didn't get that was one thing the resolution. that was really weird to me. They said like, oh, look, the kids are coming down. Yeah, and then they they left. Yeah, so I was like, oh, cool. Like, the kids are all gonna be they're okay. Well, and then but they weren't. Like, yeah, they never ever mentioned. Did they just float down and now they're decomposing? Like, like they're dead. Yeah, yeah. So Release. so, so that's that the weird. weird thing. Like, okay, so like like it has the ability to destroy. A kid. He can eat a kid. He ate. He ate Georgie. Georgie is not alive. Georgie was not up there floating. What I find mm-hmm. it interesting mm-hmm. though is, uh, Bev gets captured by him. But mm-hmm. there's a turning point in her character where she, you know, she ends up killing her dad, and that was like the stand of like, I am not afraid of you anymore. You know, like I'm not. I'm not. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not scared of you. Therefore, because she's not scared anymore, it can't like eat her. Or whatever, and so he does take her her uh, her back with him, and that's you know he gets into her and like into her mind or whatever, and she starts to float. Because I don't know, like it, it was like the thing is like <laughs> he's not really scared anymore, so you're just gonna float for a bit. But were all those kids up there floating just at some point? Like, yeah, I'm not scared anymore. And it's like okay, well you get the float, you know, like. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like, Mike, do you have my, any explanation? Well, my wife asked that exact same question. I think I have the answer for it. I think it feeds off both your intangible fear and your mm-hmm. tangible body. And I think it, when he made Beverly float, he was feeding off of her fear. Because when he when he opened up his whole face and she stared down into the deadlights, you could hear people screaming from inside of his mouth. 
Mm. So like I took that as like he's taking souls or something like that and eating those. And then once he's done with you, you just float up to whatever. And like, you're his trophy or something now. Um, (laughs) And so like, so, but I also thought, well, maybe he's not eating the entire body and we don't see any of those floating kids like up close. Mm -hmm. So maybe they are like missing an arm or missing part Mm -hmm. of their face or something like that. And, you know, he just collects everything in this tower underneath the, the the city of Derry and like yeah you know I, I wonder too there. like he kind of acted like oh first off I I, I was right though like <laughs> Bev did kill her dad right was that or was it it that I don't think he died I okay I don't think he died uh, that was definitely his her dad but but uh, did she hit him on the head I didn't make that up no yeah with the yeah, toilet she, she back did. of the yeah. toilet, the toilet right? yeah. yes yeah. thank you okay yeah. Um, but there was a there was a scene towards the end where Pennywise kind of gives the uh, kind of gives gives you the idea that like he's kind of collecting kind of like a squirrel. Like I felt like he was like he I almost said something where it's like, you know, I, I need more before I you know go to rest or so. I, I could have dreamt this. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, I, it's t- maybe all the floating kids were like his. <laughs> We're like his for nuts for the winter. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I'll just take you. You're going to go up there for now. Um, I'm not yeah. hungry at the moment, but I'm going to be. I've got 27 <laughs> yeah. years. I need a kid every year. I need 27 bodies to eat. I don't mm, know. That's Maybe. what I was thinking, too. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Like, kind of yeah. like alien, like host, like holding there it until go. he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I guess that makes sense. Didn't I mean, he, he probably could have ate Bev. He's just, you know, it's just Ben was like, you know, I'm I'm going to kiss this girl. Because I truly, <laughs> deep down, believe that she is madly in love with me, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's the thing that kills me. Because like I relate so much to Ben in this as a kid, and I hate so much that Bev goes for Billy. Where I'm like, no, go for the chubby <laughs> kid. He needs well, I, a girlfriend. I agree. I thought they were going to address that differently than they did. Because I thought that once yeah. she found out he wrote the poem, or or that. Maybe oh, even me if too, they, totally. If he just she just wasn't interested in that other kid. Didn't have to be that she liked the the fat kid, but um I thought they were gonna treat that in a more clever way than Better. they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad for him too. What I do think was interesting about this movie, or at least Bev's like the characters in general, like I feel like there was a lot of like personality swapping, and I don't know if it's at least from the from the original movie, but like in the original movie, like Mike is the one who does the research. He's the kid who knows about oh. Gary. Whereas in this movie, like, why is it the new kid is just all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's good to be in Derry for two days. I'm going to learn everything I can. Like, <laughs> you know, like to me, like it made more sense when Mike was the one who's like, because mm-hmm. in the original movie, he'd never left Derry. He's the only one that after this whole thing, he stayed in Derry. And so he lived with all those terrible memories. You know, he, he was suicidal at one point. He was depressed, but he kept studying, kept trying to figure this thing out. Whereas like mm-hmm. the new kid in the movie decides he's a historian over the town he's lived in for, you know, I guess maybe a year at that point. Cause it was like school was out, but mm-hmm. you know, still, I mean like I, I props to him for taking the initiative to like, you know, like <laughs> want to know more about where he lives. Like, but, uh, but Bev, like, they made her seem like a slut in this movie. Like there was all those rumors going around, but you know, in, in the, uh, in the original movie, like she was kind of handsy with all the boys, but well, in the book, the knowledge in the book, she does, she does several things. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was surprised to see that that was, I'd read an article about that, uh, 
when I was doing some research before this. And uh, was that pivotal in the book? Like, did that feel like out of left field? Oh yeah, and it was very uh, uncomfortable. Like, yeah, that's I, what I, I definitely <laughs> had some help. <laughs> I had some help. See, so, like, I went back and forth from like reading the book and then listening to the audiobook when I would like mm-hmm. drive to work or be yeah. at work working, and I was stuck in traffic, very frustrated, <laughs> wanting to get home, and all of a sudden this scene comes on. And I'm like, what the fuck am I listening yeah. to? And like, I have the roof off the top of my Jeep and it's really loud. So I'm like turning it down because I don't want anybody around me to be able to hear this. And I'm like, please be uh, over very quickly. <laughs> Wait, so Mark, Mark, do you know what we're, did you read about this? Mark? I have no idea what you're talking about. So, I no. mean, and Mike can elaborate on this, but from what I read about, about the scene, I didn't read it, but she ends up basically having sex with yeah. each of the boys taking well, their virginity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. it, oh, well, so if it was you, if, real there. Yeah. If, uh, if, if you, uh, remember in this movie when they're like all fighting out in the street after coming out of the, the Niebolt house and they're like, Beverly's like, this is what he wants. He wants us to be separate because if we're if we're not together, we are we're weaker. We're stronger when we're together. That takes place. That little fight takes place when they're down in the sewer after they battle it for the first time, and they're trying to get out of the sewer. They're getting lost and they're starting to fight amongst each other. And she's like, he wants this to happen. He wants us to you know be separate and and essentially be a loss and she's like i know how to bring us back together and she essentially <laughs> yeah <laughs> one by one what has sex fuck? with each of them yeah i know and she, couldn't, yeah, she couldn't have brought once? like some snacks or like some juice boxes it had to be like, you know that call yeah. me down just <laughs> give me give me a twinkie <laughs> yeah let's all watch an episode of ninja turtles oh and my God. <laughs> Grab some pop tarts or like sing a song. I don't know. There's other ways. There's other ways to get chill. I, I mean, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, crazy. that yeah. is crazy. And yet, I think I'd still be more upset if they included the turtle scene in the movie. That would probably still make me more angry than than an orgy scene among kids. <laughs> so having that knowledge, that would definitely go into the positive pile for me that they made that change in the yes, film. Yes, making her yeah. like a more likable. Yeah whole wholesome girl it didn't uh, happen in either film so we're we're good it's like it's one of those things where it's like i bet everyone that had to like write an adaptation for this book were like yeah let's just keep that out that didn't happen (laughs) it's (laughs) one thing i will say about that scene is it is kind of heavily implied like this like this current version did that his um her dad was physically abusive but also sexually abusive to her yeah and um she kind of also doubly took this act that she did as taking back her power essentially Mm -hmm. or her sexuality Mm -hmm. is what she called it so it was kind of a redeeming moment for her it was just very weird to read that like i wish (laughs) he could have resolved that in a different way (laughs) or maybe with just one or two of the boys (laughs) <laughs> not all of them maybe one she just really liked you know what's yeah <laughs> yeah and may, maybe not in the sewers all at the same time again this yeah. this whole epidemic like you're gonna you're you're cutting hands and you're 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 <laughs> and then doing it in the sewer like this these kids like how did they make it 27 years after you know like oh. that's crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a pretty fucked up Reckless. childhood right there <laughs> yeah yeah, not, not the best. Uh, okay, so 
So now we're going to move on to the final verdict for this film. For this being our first movie review episode, uh, the Squared Co. podcast has created their own review rating structure. So um, it goes like this. Um, at the top, see it again, which means it's so good. You can't just watch it one time in the theater. You got to go back and see it multiple times. Uh, then we've got see it once, which means it's good enough to see at least one time in the theater. Mm. And then we got see it at home, which is, you know, you can watch it on TV or as a rental or stream it. And then finally we got see it never, which is pretty obvious. I think, um, (laughs) it's so bad that you just should avoid it at all costs. So, um, what was the second one? We've got see it again. Uh, Okay. (laughs) see it once and then see it at home or see it never. So there's four uh, options here. I will go first just to give you guys um, (laughs) a little template to build off of and prepare your responses. So um, I'm going to give my rating and I'm going to kind of talk about how I got to that point and how it could have scored higher or lower. Um, For me, this may be surprising, but I'm going to give it a see it never. Whoa. Um, and this is wow. mostly because I am not a fan of horror at all. <laughs> and if you are going to go see a movie, a horror film, like I don't think it's a bad genre or you should avoid horror movies in general. But this one just wasn't scary for me. So if you're going to go see a horror film, you should go to be scared. And this just didn't do it for me. Um, wow. Harsh. We, we kind <laughs> there were, it's not a bad film. I just, there being a horror film and the fact that it didn't scare me, I can't, I don't know why anybody would want to go see it for those reasons. It's not a bad um, film, again, but I'm going to give it the lowest rating I possibly can. <laughs> exactly. There you go. It makes sense. Uh, no, there were some things that I liked, but I mean, if it, if they had dealt with the character better, I think one of my biggest complaints was, the fact that they showed the monster the very first scene and there was no buildup on uh, this monster, basically. So mm. I didn't like that. And then kind of the backstory. I mean, basically all the stuff that I were in my bad, the negative list, um, it just did not do anything for me. Wow. So um, let's go. Let's jump to Cole next. Well, I, I can only rate movies by scoops of ice cream. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we should. That, oh, I we should let them do that. Contract, yeah. right? Now, I'll, I'll give you my ice cream rating after, because I, I, I'm, I'm. Uh, thank you for having me on the cast. So I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to play by your rules, Mark. So um, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to go 100 percent the opposite, um, but with with a little bit of a caveat. I say, I say, see it again, because if you care. I think there's probably more you might get out of it the second time because mm-hmm. with this particular movie, if you care, th- there's the initial like, I'm seeing a scary movie. There's a scary clown. Ah, I'm scared. Okay, that's that's the initial, you know, that's the initial impression. If you care enough about like what is going on behind the scenes of like the scares and, you know, like looking for those nods and looking for those Easter eggs and looking for those subtle things that, you maybe didn't catch on to because uh, somebody turned on their pickup truck or um, (laughs) a a baby started screaming or the radio battery went out. I don't know. (laughs) Things that, you know, happen when you watch movies. 
uh, then there's probably some things that you may have missed and may have enhanced it for you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I too have to say, like, as for this being the first chapter, I'm really like, I'm kind of dreading yet looking forward to the second chapter because mm-hmm. my worst fear is that the second chapter is going to be like, just straight up were adults in 2017 and we're talking about it because I hate the second half of this original movie. They, they suck as adults. They really do. Like <laughs> they all have like some pretty good things going for them, but they're such babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they spend more time in the second movie talking about like, should, should we go back to the sewer? What do you think? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I'm scared. It's like, my God, you're like 40 <laughs> years old, grow up, you know? But like, I, I would I really want chapter two to be more of like the things that you were hoping that were that happened in chapter one, be it more story yeah. about dairy story about uh, it's or Pennywise's origins, things like that. So I don't know, like I'm, I'm really excited yet apprehensive about what chapter two is. And I don't know if I can mm-hmm. give like a full verdict because as a standalone movie, just some kids in the 80s sticking together being kids being scared overcoming that fear i think they did an awesome job um Mm -hmm. so i I, i'd say see it again and then ice cream i'm gonna give it uh, (laughs) i'm gonna give it two and a half scoops out of how many scoops is that out of three oh yeah i'm sorry uh on our podcast one scoop meaning it was okay two scoops meaning it was good three scoops meaning you know it's it's the best uh i think one time we've out of like the what 50 movies we've talked about um we only gave one like an absolute like don't even give me that ice cream zero (laughs) do you remember what it was i don't honestly i probably gave it three i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) all right mike what's your verdict oh i have to close it Um, oh You can go. We got We made no. We made it. We're making a squared co podcast sandwich. So I started it. Okay, gross. And then gross. We got the scary movie guys in the middle. Okay, yes. you're gonna yeah, we top, top it off. Filling. Okay. <laughs> go go for it, Mike. Too bad there's no old ladies around. Oh, I, oh, oh, so. oh. <laughs> or Ben. Um, so I'm gonna. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, we're all professionals here. Let's, let's, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a microphone uh, here. <laughs> I do too. Um, I'm going to give it see it once in theaters. Um, but my right. caveat is I'm, uh, I am I probably will only see this once in theaters. Um, even if I didn't have a kid that ruled my, dictated my life, um, I would probably still only <laughs> see this once in theaters. But... I am going to buy this and I am probably going to watch this multiple times at home, mostly from like a, like I like to just, I thought this movie was really well shot and some Mm -hmm, of the character mm -hmm. designs were really great in it. So I want to go back and just like freeze frame some things and like really kind of pay attention to things that I miss, kind of like what Cole was saying. But um, so once in theaters, but probably personally several other viewings afterwards at home. Where I can kind of dissect right. it a little bit more. So what we uh, we'll have to go back to Cole for this one. But what would have made it go higher or lower for you, Mike? Specifically, like just maybe one or two things that could have swayed your decision either way. Um. Okay. So I really wanted there to be more character um, mm-hmm. building and like character moments and like I just wanted to feel the fire at the end where they're all fighting Pennywise 
um, like I did in the first movie. Like I wanted it. And oh my gosh, I didn't mention this. They took a really powerful scene away from Eddie with his aspirator that happens both in the movie and the book. I mean, they, they destroyed one of the biggest character moments in the entire story um, by not giving him that scene where he hmm. essentially like squirts Pennywise in the face with his aspirator and says, this is battery acid where he turns from this feeble little kid into this strong hero. And like Eddie is the one who's like beating up Pennywise and telling the rest of them, Hey, you know, let's kick his ass. He's not as strong as we think he is. We can do mm. this if we band together. And that didn't happen in this mm. movie. And I, I was like, I was, I was crushed when they didn't do that. Um, well, I think I, they they tried to show that where he throws his fanny pack with all of his medication before mm-hmm. entering the house. Okay. But it, I think it was a weaker, like that moment was kind of overlooked. It was just like, you know, he yeah. throws it in. I remember my wife actually asked me, what did he just throw? And I said, I don't know. I didn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think they tr- maybe tried to have that moment, but it definitely didn't have the impact, you know. Yeah. If he were to be fighting uh, Pennywise. So, Mike, would you recommend the book then uh, in addition to the movie or over the movie? I really would. Uh, I I, Okay. I I also told my wife, if I had to rate all three things, I would say it goes the book, the 90s movie, and then this new iteration. And it's not to say that any of these things are bad. It's Mm -hmm. just that's how I would rank it. And yeah. like, I would totally recommend this movie, this 2017 movie to people. I say, go see it. It's great fun. I mean, you might get scared from it. It's a neat little story, but it wasn't the best of all three of them, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right. All right. Before we finish off with Jared, mm. let's go back to Cole really quick to see what could have swayed your decision either way. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm 100% with Mike on this. Like, I know the movie was two, almost two and a half hours. Um the, a compliment to that, it did not seem like that. And I was mm-hmm. freezing my ass off watching this movie. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel like, again, I can't... I, I really applaud them having the balls to kind of like just focus on the one side of the story. Like, where they're just kids. There's no flashbacks. There's no inner, you know, interweaving of like their current, uh, you know, their, their current status as adults and whatnot. And that I, I imagine that was really tough to do um, when you, it's written just like that in the book and it's played out just like that in the original movie. But the character development just wasn't like I liked the kids because they were obnoxious and funny, but I didn't really mm-hmm. care for these kids. And mm-hmm. if I'm not able to like I can only relate to Ben because he's awkward with girls, has funny obsessions <laughs> and he's, you know, um, you know, chubby and clumsy. And so for for that to only be my only like tie into it, I was a little disappointed because um, I didn't know who to root for. Like I thought mm-hmm. Billy was a very weak character. Like one thing with Billy is he he has this stutter and it's there in the movie. And there's a moment where they call it out like, oh, wow, you just got really passionate and you didn't stutter, you know. But like there's there's all these things where like they have their quirks and they have their things about them. Um, and it is going after them individually and preying upon those weaknesses, but there just wasn't enough of that to justify. Like, I didn't, I didn't give anyone a high five next to me when someone overcame <laughs> their weakness. You know, like Eddie throwing a, a a fanny pack to the ground. I mean, 
<laughs> not not a big deal, you know. <laughs> like and, and and Billy getting through one sentence of the whole movie without stuttering, not not that big of a deal because of there wasn't enough of his struggle, there wasn't enough of Eddie's struggle. It's just like you got the vibe, you, you knew what was going on with them, but it was so secondary to the jump scares and so secondary to the CG. Um so I will say I before I forget, one thing that just like really shook me and really kind of blew my mind was uh eddie's scene where he does kill his father the again going back to my love of the psychological thing that it does like him being on the tv all the kids chanting you know kill him or whatever Mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh my like it got under my skin i got goosebumps i was like yes this is it this is what he does it's not he's just hiding in the basement or hiding in the woods i mean he is getting inside of your mind at any given moment and like Oh, it was so good. I wanted, I wanted more of that. So that that would more things like that, and him coming through the projector. I thought that was a really cool thing because it was so subtle of him. Like they're watching a mm-hmm. a, um, a film strip, and like he's slowly kind of coming into view, and then it's like, ooh, that's creepy. He's it. Oh my god, he's out of the picture. You know, like <laughs> that's such a cool moment. Um, yeah, I, 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 I there were love two more scenes stuff like that. That was it. That? there were two scenes in this movie where i really applauded them that i did not know what which way they were going to go with one of them was when uh georgie or pennywise was disguised as georgie and uh bill shoots him with the bolt gun Mm -hmm. he didn't change back to pennywise like right away i was like holy crap maybe that really was georgie oh my god i had that too i was like oh shit and then the other one was um when uh, Stanley was being attacked because she was like covering his face with his mouth. I was like, there's no way he's alive right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like he was being eaten and um, I was like, wow, maybe they really are going to kill one of the kids in this movie. Um, they've already changed a lot of stuff. So I could totally yeah. see them doing that, but right. All right. So Jared, take us home. Okay. So I fall somewhere between uh, see it at home Everyone. and <laughs> uh, see it uh, in the theater. Cause I think you should see it. Uh, at least once there's enough buzz around this film and, and with the pretty much a guaranteed sequel, I think it's worth it to, to see this at least once and then decide if you want to go deeper or read the book or go see the, uh, the previous film. I do. I, this alone, I want to see the previous, the nineties film, just from hearing mm-hmm. uh, these guys talk about it. I don't think I'll read the book. Once I heard about the turtle, I think that would anger <laughs> me too much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I would fall somewhere in there. It's it's worth seeing. Um, as far as what makes it better, I think this is one of those things where when it's a big sprawling book and they've already cut it basically in half by showing just the kids, uh, it's difficult to uh, adapt a book like this. You're trying to do as much as you can and and put in all these scenes that either people have you know great affection for or just they're cool scenes as opposed to moving the story forward and you know you have to pick and choose. So to me, that's what it felt like. It felt like. Uh, uh, we're just not seeing some of this stuff. And that's why it's a little confusing if you haven't read the book or, um, you know, if you don't know any previous history. So, but again, I didn't come out of this mad. I didn't come out of it angry. I think like I came out of uh, guardians of the galaxy more angry than I did with, with this film. <laughs> so I think it's worth, I think it's worth seeing it. All right. Well, we've, uh, this may be our most divided. Uh, this is our first movie review and maybe our most divided. I think we've got like one in every single rating category <laughs> here. So uh, if you were hoping to come and listen to this and have it sway you one way or the other, I'm sorry because 
you can uh we didn't point you in any one direction well so. i'm assuming yeah. that they've seen the film so then we i want to hear their <laughs> hear their reviews so oh should, yeah. yeah so let's uh before we wrap up i just want to say thank you again to cole and mike and if you aren't already I'm assuming you're somewhat of a horror fan if you're listening to this. Um, definitely go check out their podcast. We will leave links to um, where you can listen to them in our show notes. So it'll be easy for you guys if you aren't already. Um, go ahead and check out our show notes. But yeah, thanks again, Mike and Cole, for coming on, not only as our first guest for this podcast, but again, for our first time doing this movie uh, review episode we really appreciate it oh thank you for thank you for yeah. having us yeah, and super fun where can they find uh your your podcast we'll link to it for sure but go ahead and yeah. say it on here uh yeah if, if you if you if anyone's against reading show notes um, you can because <laughs> i mean reading sucks square reading sucks yeah <laughs> uh you can search us on itunes uh but search scary movie ice cream for some reason if you type in night it's just like this doesn't exist yeah and it's like well whatever so <laughs> scary movie ice cream uh in itunes we're also on soundcloud at just soundcloud.com forward slash scary movie ice cream night um, but those are the two best ways to listen to us. So we, we have a, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, and we always have like a link to the newest episode whenever we post in those places where you can listen to it. But awesome. we're Great. about to do our, uh, Halloween, um, celebration. So every, every year, this will be our third year. So yeah, every year we're established. <laughs> uh, this, we're, we're doing like a how we always do a Halloween series where we have an episode every week in October and uh, mm. they're like our most fun probably our most listened to episodes because they're more holiday centric than it is scary movie centric mm -hmm. like right I feel like we're just in like this weird niche of like you know do you like talk radio? Good. Do you like scary movies? Great. This is these are the guys for you. You know, otherwise, you know, no one else is going <laughs> to listen to it. <laughs> what is that? Is there another big movie coming up like in the theaters that you guys are excited to review? Uh, you know, what's kind of funny about this? This is the first movie we've ever reviewed that is like current. Like, oh, OK. In, in theaters that because like I, I like Mike said it too. like, you know, he gets to see like maybe three movies a year in theater. And I, I'm a lot the same way. Like we just don't go to the theater that much. So, uh, you know, we a lot of the scary movies we talk about have have been out for, you know, 20 years or right, right, right. longer. Well, awesome. Well, thank you guys for leaving the house, even though it sounds like a terrible driving experience. Thank you for, for doing this for us. I really the had the time of my life, you know, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So again, we'll leave links to this. So yeah, definitely check out their work and we will make it as easy as possible for you guys. But with that being said, thank you so much for listening. That's it for today. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Squared Goal podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Goodbye.